you know, one of the more challenging issues to deal with in the spiritual life is to learn how to manage one's emotional life, particularly to learn how to manage one's anger, right? So certainly there's different ways to kind of address this particular issue, but um, I, I want to approach it in a slightly different sort of way by focusing on a particular scene from a movie that I've seen just recently called Little Women. So as you probably know, Little Women is based on a novel of the same name, which came out in the 19th century, um, written by Louisa May Alcott. And it basically revolves around these little women, these young women uh, being raised in the context of the American Civil War uh, under the supervision of their mother while their father is out fighting in the context of, of the Civil War. Now, the novel Little Women has been made into a movie several times over, perhaps most famously in 1996 uh, in a film starring Winona Ryder, and most recently in 2019 in a film starring Saoirse Ronan. And with regards to that final film, the most recent film starring Saoirse Ronan, there's this one scene in particular which really speaks to this issue of how to manage one's anger. So as a matter of background, in the context of the movie, Saoirse Ronan plays Jill March, who's one of the little women, right? And she aspires to be a writer. She aspires to be a novelist in particular. And early on in the film, um, she gets into a fight with one of her sisters, Amy, who in turn burns her novel that she's, she's working on. As a result of which, as you might expect, Joe is in a terrible rage, right? And so she initially plans to never forgive Amy ever again, but then Amy, in chasing her across this, this frozen pond, uh, falls through the thin ice and, is, and, and almost uh, dies. As a result of which, um, obviously, Joe forgives her, but then she takes the moment to kind of reminisce about her own struggle with anger. So the scene in particular focuses on uh, Joe basically sitting at the foot of her bed with her mother. And so her mother is, is kind of holding her in a tender embrace, and, and Joe is reflecting upon, again, her particular struggle with anger. And so basically the conversation begins with Joe telling her mother that, you know, I can get into such a passion at times that I can hurt, like, basically anyone and enjoy it. And right away, before we get to the mother's response, um, the thing I want you to notice there is, is the sheer honesty that Joe has when it comes to her own personal struggle with, with her emotions and, and sin and anger in particular. And that's a really important point for, for all of us, right? Um, I forget which saint said this, but basically the idea is it's a scandal to be scandalized by one's own sin, right? And so an important prerequisite to, to seeking true healing in the Lord with regards to one's sinfulness and uh, frailty, brokenness, whatever, is to see with, with clear eyes um, the state of our condition. You know, we're all fallen creatures. We're all dealing with the aftermath of original sin. And so, again, before I, I can figure out what to do to, to work towards healing, this healing which takes place over a long period of time, I need to, to have the courage and the honesty to look at my condition. Um, but by the grace of God go I, right? And you know that you're kind of in a sweet spot in a certain sense when um, your sense of honesty with regards to your own condition leads to a sense of compassion vis-a-vis -vis your neighbor, right? Because a lot of times what happens is that we're not really honest about our own uh, sinfulness. We're not honest about our own uh, fallen condition. As a result of which we see other people as as people who struggle while we ourselves are, you know, more or less perfect, which leads to a sense of um, condemnation, a lack of compassion, however you want to frame it. But again, here is Joe March being completely honest about the fact that, wow, I really struggle with anger, and sometimes it can take such a hold of me that uh, I become consumed by the darkness. But that is an important prerequisite to, to moving towards the healing and restoration and integrity that she ultimately seeks. So that's kind of the first thing. But the second thing is this. She turns to her mother and she says, you know, I wish I could be more like you, right? So kind of alluding to the fact that her mother seems to have this really calm disposition. But to her surprise, her mother says, you know, I struggle with anger every single day. 
I struggle with anger every single day. And at first, Joe doesn't believe it, but you know, her mother continues by saying that you know, I'm, not, I'm not patient by nature. But she adds, after 40 years of working on it, um, I've learned to not have it get the better of me, right? So there's a couple of things I want you to notice here, right? So first of all, there's the compassion, the compassion that the mother has for her daughter because she's acutely aware of her own struggle, right? So the very thing we kind of touched upon earlier. But the second thing is this, this idea that she struggles with anger every single day, right? So even though there are moments, uh, many moments, I suppose, after 40 years where she exhibits calm, she realizes that the darkness is always kind of lurking beneath the surface, which is a really important thing, right? So again, just think about us in the context of this pilgrim journey, right? We're always going to struggle with sin. And of all the things that one could struggle with, there's always like the usual suspects, the things that we ourselves tend to struggle with all the time. Uh, but rather to then, then be discouraged by that, to kind of realize, okay, here, here's my weakness in front of me, and I'm never going to allow myself to get ahead of myself to think that I, I've beaten this thing once and for all, but instead to, to always maintain a sense of humility in front of the Lord, such that every single day I ask for, and dare I say, beg for the grace to stay on the straight and narrow. And so a couple examples come to mind, right? So think about Alcoholics Anonymous, right? So who am I? I'm, I'm an alcoholic, right? So I might be I might be sober for 40 years, but the point still remains, I remain an alcoholic, right? And so if you put me in a bar, you put me in a precarious situation, I can easily fall. But in a weird sort of way, that keeps me safe. It's not a matter of giving in to, to shame and becoming debilitated by, by the knowledge of my weakness, but the idea of, of keeping my weakness before my eyes can kind of keep me safe. I can keep me, again, on the straight and narrow. So that's kind of a, one example. The other example that comes to mind is this quote by Matt Frad, right? So Matt Frad, basically he was talking about his struggle with pornography, right? And he said that one really important step towards his own recovery was to realize that freedom is not the outcome, is not a final destination after having done X, Y, and Z, but rather it is always the, the fruit or the product of making good choices in the present moments making good choices in the context of today, right? And, and so the whole idea is that every single day, I must choose to be free, to choose to go the way of the light, and to choose as a consequence to, to say no to the darkness within. But then what's interesting is that in the context of the movie, the scene continues. So after hearing these words being said by her mother about her own personal struggle, um, Joe says, well, I, I hope that one day I can, I can be like you. In response to which the mother basically says to her, I hope you can do a great deal better. And then the mother says for this really great line. So basically what she says is this. Some natures are too lofty to curb and too noble to bend. And so again, some natures are too lofty to curb and too noble to bend. Which speaks to the fact that even though her mother recognizes that, okay, right now you seem to be really struggling with, with anger, and, you know, whatever the case may be. I believe in you and I see greatness within you. And I got to tell you, quite honestly, as a priest, that's something I always try to reflect at people, especially when they reveal um, sins of passion in the confessional, right? So whether we're talking about like lust, anger, whatever the case may be, because I always try to bring to their attention some variation of the gospel of Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And without going into a whole lot of detail in terms of like unpacking that particular passage, the key word there in a certain sense is the word meek, right? And meek doesn't mean shy, it doesn't mean socially awkward, but it's this idea of living with integrity and being focused, right? So to think, for example, of St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Augustine, 
pre-conversion, they, they weren't meat, right? So they were all over the place. So think about St. Peter cutting off a servant's ear, St. Augustine fornicating, you know? Uh, think about St. Paul killing Christians all across the countryside. So again, their, their passion and their energy was, was all over the place. They, they lacked integrity, they, they lacked meekness. But you see, post-conversion, they retain all their strength, all their energy, but now everything is directed to God's particular purposes for their lives. And so it goes with us, right? So maybe you're struggling with lust, maybe you're struggling with anger, maybe you're struggling with any number of sins involving the passions. What I try to tell people, and particularly in the context of the confessional, is within you, within your heart, I see the seeds of greatness, right? So, yeah, you might struggle with this particular sin right now, but if you look at it, depending on how you look at it, you've know, you got to realize that God has placed within your heart, again, the seeds of greatness. You have the potential to do tremendous things if only you learn how to harness and direct your passions. So again, in the context of the movie, when Joe's mother brings to her attention the nobility and loftiness of her own nature, in a certain sense, what she's saying to Joe is, don't forget your call to greatness. Don't forget your call to holiness and realize that it is possible, right? And so depending on how you look at it, yeah, okay, you have the struggle with sin, but in a certain sense, it's, it's a sign pointing to the fact that God calls you to be great. He believes that you can be great and therefore it must be possible. And obviously the whole point, of course, is that so it goes with us. So therefore, never get discouraged by your own sins, never be scandalized by your own weakness, but realize that God still calls you to greatness. He still calls you to holiness. And that same thing that Joe's mother says to her actually applies to all of us because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Some natures are too noble to curb and too lofty to bend. And may God bless you all.